Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. A bit of opposition there to the word being spoken out earlier, but thankfully the word came through. Good on you, Laurel. Well done. Good teamwork. We're looking at Acts chapter 12, and um, let me just pray a moment. Dear Father, Please quieten our hearts, quieten my heart. Please soften our hearts. Please open our ears to hear what you would like to say to us. Help us to receive your word and to be blessed and encouraged and inspired and challenged and changed that we might live for you. Amen. Well, I love the book of Acts. Oh, the clicker is here. Do I need to click? Yes. There's a click. Uh, I love the back of, book of Acts. I love this accurate historical account, this narrative of the early church. It's like a great adventure story. There you go. A great adventure story for boys and girls. And with reverence, if I might use the acronym, ACTS, A-C-T-S, the Adventures of Christ through his spirit, or A-C-T-S, the adventures of Christians through his spirit. Now, in the big picture, Acts 12 acts, acts like a hinge in the book of Acts. Here, the adventure swings or turns uh, from a focus on Peter and the church in Jerusalem more to a focus on Paul or Saul and the church in Antioch as the word of God spreads. So Acts 12 in some ways brings to a dramatic close the history of God's work through the church in Jerusalem. Obviously it didn't end there, but the focus now goes on to Paul or Saul and, and Antioch. But, and what a dramatic close it is. But before we dive into some of the details of Acts 12, uh, I'd like us to uh, be reminded of two strands of what the Lord has been showing us so far in this great adventure and which are highlighted for us in Acts chapter 12. And the first strand... And, what, and this is the concluding verse almost of Acts chapter 12, where it says, the word of God increased and multiplied. And this all, in a sense, began when Jesus uh, gave us that, that commission. He says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So let's encourage ourselves by tracing this witness quickly, this increase and multiplication. In Acts chapter 2, it says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. In verse 41, it says, those who received the word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 
chapter 4, it says, Many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Imagine that happening in City Heart. We definitely need a bigger building. <laughs> yes, really, and maybe the Lord might do that anyway. Moving on to chapter 5. And more than ever, believers were added to the... Oh, I've gone too far, haven't I? Many were added to the Lord, uh, multitudes of both men and women. And then the word spread to Samaria and to the Ethiopia, the Ethiopian eunuch, and even to Syria, uh, to the Roman officer, the Gentiles, to Lebanon, to Cyprus and Turkey. It was going out in a small way. Wow, what an adventure. Multitudes of lives transformed and changed forever. They hear the word, they receive the word, and they believe the word of God. And one of my favorite verses in Acts, where it says, Go and stand in the temple and speak to all the people the words of this life. It's a word of life that we bring. Now, I'm going to pause for a, a little uh, advert here. <laughs> this is the street team that goes out from us here every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. at the Hub, if you ever want to join us and come along. And represented here, who, guys who go out speaking the word are a European, Africans, and Aussies. The guy on the right here is a pastor, and guess where he's from? He's a missionary sent from Ghana in Africa to where? Brisbane. And the little fellow there is his son. He's called L. Faithful. What about calling yourself son L. Faithful? E-L-Faithful. Because after eight years of no children, God finally gave Charles this little boy. L. Faithful. God is faithful. And he is faithful. And we thank God that individually, with our children, with our neighbors, and publicly on the streets, in a very friendly way, by the way, we spread the word of God. You know, those of us who are watching the news, we see that COVID-19, it's, it's an earthly virus that brings restrictions, isolation, suffering, and death. Has anyone been following the news in India? Oh my goodness, China, Europe, North America, South America, and now India. I don't know if some of you may have received it, a text or an email came out from the Presbyterian headquarters. A lovely Indian couple, I think, in one of our churches, their mom just died in India, and they cannot go back to her. You know, if COVID-19 is an earthly virus that brings death, with reverence I want to suggest to you this morning and to me that the Word of God, it's a heavenly virus that brings eternal life, eternal forgiveness, eternal love and joy and peace and purpose and meaning. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> yes, Peter, can I talk to you later? 
do a quick word. Maybe later, Peter, if that's okay. But I'd, be lo I'd love to hear what you have to say. Later, later. <laughs> okay, I'll prompt you. So COVID-19, we, we see its ravages in the world. But the word of God, what a heavenly virus. Brothers and sisters, we're supposed to be infectious people. Are you infected this morning with the word of God? Are you infectious? And here's the challenge. Have you infected anyone lately with life, with the Word of God? Well, the Word of God increased and it multiplied. And with this arose a violent and hateful opposition. In chapter 12, we read uh, that the king, he laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. So let's quick, quickly trace this. What I'm going to suggest to you is, and, is this dark, demonic, and deathly opposition. The opposition to the church, it's not flesh and blood. Paul says that to us. He says, our battle, your battle and my battle, it's not against flesh and blood. It's against the authorities, the rulers, and the powers of this dark world. That's our enemy. It may look like a flesh. It might look like King Herod Agrippa. It might look like King Herod the Great who tried to kill Jesus as a baby, but they're not our enemy. We have spiritual forces arrayed against us. In chapter 4 it says, they were greatly angered because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They charged them not to speak. Don't speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Chapter 5, they were filled with jealousy and they arrested the apostles and they put them in the public prison. They were enraged and they wanted to kill them. They beat them and they charged them again not to speak in the name of Jesus. They seized Stephen and they set up false witnesses. They were enraged. And they ground their teeth at him, and they stopped their ears. They rushed at him, they cast him out, and they stoned him to death. There arose a great persecution against the church. Saul was ravaging the church. He dragged off men and women. There's a Mother's Day for you being dragged off. Imagine we're, we're, we're worshipping God here and the local come in and they drag your mom off. They dragged off men and women and they committed them to prison. Brisbane, prison. Saul was still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. The Jews plotted to kill Saul. They were watching him in order to kill him begins with anger, with jealousy, they're enraged, and then murder itself. And Jesus said this to us, didn't he? He says, if you're so much as angry in your heart, you've committed murder. Whatever about those who don't like the church, Liam, examine your own heart, please, this morning. 
Domestic violence by Christians, that's not possible, is it? Angry Christian men, is that possible? They plotted to kill him. Herod laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother, with the sword, and he arrested Peter also. Who were the leaders of the early church? Peter, James, and John. So James has just been murdered or executed. Peter is now in prison, and for sure he's going to be killed within the next six hours. That leaves John, the brother of James. Can you imagine how John felt? Oh my goodness, what's, what is going on here? If I may misquote William Shakespeare, to speak or not to speak, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take up arms against a sea of troubles. And we have a sea of troubles. Yeah, Liam, but, you know, that was then, you know, that was then, and this is now. Well, in our congregation, a brother from Nigeria by Africa stand here and tell you today what's happening in Nigeria. Men and women and children being butchered only because of their faith. I spoke with Chris from Sudan. Chris could come and tell you what's happening in Sudan, where the Christian people are being persecuted by angry, enraged people and being put to death. We have other people here from places like Iran. They could stand here and tell us, no, it's happening today. Yeah, Lima, you know, but that's, that's far away. It's not in Kabulture. And I think our time might be close. You know, even in the news and the media and politics, you sense a growing anger and animosity to what might be called conservative Christian values. Yesterday we had a march for life. In South Australia they're deciding whether to kill off old people, so-called euthanasia, so-called good death. We go out on the streets and at least once a week, usually, I don't know why, it's an angry woman gives us a mouthful, maybe because of trauma in her life, I don't know. Maybe some Christians have been really unkind to her. But whether it's external persecution or internal corruption, the dark forces will use either. If we can shut us up by persecuting us, they will. But if, if they decide, maybe I'll just go with internal persecution. Maybe I'll just bring corruption into the church. It's not the word of God. Don't focus on the word of God. Focus on material blessings and, and whatever. What to do? What are we to do? The Lord commands us to speak. The enemy wants to stop us from speaking. What are we to do? Well, they say an army marches on its stomach. Well, if that's the case, the army of God's church must march on its spirit, word of God. I would like to suggest that those are true. 
are greatly angered. Why? Not to speak, you see how good I am at this. This is why I shouldn't use PowerPoint, Mark. They're all there, not to speak, not to speak, not to speak. You get the point. I would suggest that God's people, whether in Iran or Sudan or Ireland or Kabulcher, God's people march on their knees. Peter, it says in chapter 12, was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. By the way, I, could, I should have said earlier, and I missed it. I'm missing a lot of stuff here. Anyway, you know, my title for this morning's sermon would be this, Violent Hands and Earnest Prayer. Earnest prayer was for, made from by the church. In chapter 12, verse 12, many were gathered together and were praying. The leaders of the church in Acts chapter 6, they said, as the church expanded and grew and multiplied, what did they do? They said, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And isn't that what we're about, God willing? Prayer and the ministry of God's word. Well, you know, if we were good Presbyterians, and I'm being naughty here, if we were good Presbyterians, what we could have done was organized a committee to look into what to do. We could have organized a petition to King Herod. Dear King Herod, I'm a good taxpayer. Please let my friend Peter out. We could have planned a march for Peter's life. And there would have been a place for that. And it certainly worked in Jericho. We could have organized a violent outbreak, breakout. We could have employed and paid a lobbyist. Or we could have just stayed home, you know, and, well, just mind your own business, Liam. Stay home and mind your own business as long as you don't speak. To speak or not to speak, that is the question. You know, I, was, I had the honor of being at a Chinese wedding recently in Brisbane. Well, they're called ABCs, Australian-born Chinese, Wells Wong and Jacinta Chan. I've known them for 17 years. And while I was at the reception, I spoke to this beautiful old man, Reverend Lam. He was the senior pastor of Brisbane Chinese Alliance Church. And when he went for the interview, he said, I will only be your pastor if you give me, I think it was three, four, or five months off every year. What about that? We'll give Mark five months off a year. He wanted months off every year. Why? Because he was going home to mainland China, and he was going to encourage and teach and preach his little heart out to bless the Chinese Christians. And so I asked Reverend Lam, how are things in China? And I'd love to convey this old godly man's chinglish. Too much persecution. That's a Chinese voice, by the way. Too much persecution. Little speaking. Much praying. Much praying. You know, today in Kabulcher, tonight in Kabulcher, certain homes, certain people, Mothers, wives, children, men, 
will be violently attacked, not because they're Christians, just men and women's lives are being attacked and broken with drugs and crime. Perhaps some in this room, our lives are being destroyed by corruption or whatever. Why wouldn't we pray? Today, in Kabulture, thousands of people, as Jesus said, are on a broad road and are going straight to hell. Perhaps some of our children, our grandchildren, our parents, are on a broad road, not to a moment of suffering, but eternal separation from God and suffering. Yeah, maybe we should just stay at home and, you know, mind your own business, Liam. Who are you to go on the streets and dare to tell anyone about Jesus? Well, what happened when the church prayed? Well, the first thing might sound strange. The first thing that we read is that Peter was fast asleep. The guy's in prison. It says he's chained between soldiers, and he knows. And he possibly saw that his best friend, one of his best friends, James, was killed. He knows that in a few hours he's going to meet a violent end. So what does Peter do? He sleeps soundly. He's dreaming about fish, probably. <laughs> Why? Why is he fast asleep? I want to suggest because the church is praying. You know, Paul says in Philippians, rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, be gentle, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Perhaps an answer to prayer in your troubles are that the peace of God will be with you in your troubles. Paul, Peter sleeps. And then a heavenly servant is sent. Get up, Peter. Wake up. Get up quickly. Put on your clothes. Follow me. And the, the door is open. He walks out. Miraculous. Miraculous. What? Peter can't believe it. When he knocks on the door, Rhoda, it's Peter. I can't believe it. No, it's his I don't believe it. How do Christians respond when prayer is answered? I don't believe it. You know, sometimes God shows the miraculous. Sometimes he doesn't want us to see the miraculous. But I assure you, prayer is answered by God in his way, in his perfect time, seen or unseen, miraculously. Isn't that good, Bev? Isn't that good, Brad? The Lord is our shepherd. He's our shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Am I speaking too loud, Helena? No. She said, Liam, don't speak too loud. <laughs> you know, when I was being baptized in 1985 in Sydney, I was going off my head, praising the Lord or whatever. <laughs> and this uh, Islander guy, an evangelist, said, Brother, you've got a big mouth. You're going to be an evangelist. <laughs> I do have a big mouth. Yeah. May God give us big hearts and big mouths. Yeah, Liam, well, that's great. You know, Peter is sleeping and, and all that. And, and it was a last-minute answer to prayer. God often 
Well, then what about James? He was just killed. What about Stephen? He was stoned to death. What about the hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, right now in prisons only because they're Christians? What about Paul? We're going to read shortly. He spent years, not a night, years in prison more than once. He was almost beaten to death. He was stoned to death. You know, you know, as someone recently said to me, our God is not a heavenly butler. He's a heavenly father. And in his perfect sovereignty, he will do what is right, even though we may not see or receive our answer to prayer. The perfect sovereignty of a perfect God. Friends, our world is filled with violent hands. May you and I be among those of earnest prayer. Let me close then, and I haven't kept an eye on time. How am I doing, Mark? Let me close, because I can't see the clock. I've got my watches on, my clock on. And as I close, this is a very well-known verse. You know it very well. But I pray that as I read it, you'll hear it with fresh ears. And I pray you'd hear it with a fresh heart. And that today, you will hear a personal invitation and a personal challenge from God. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Dear Father, we love you and we love your word. We thank you, Lord, that you did deal with King Herod and that you released Peter this time in order to speak the word of life. Oh God, please help us to hear again this personal invitation, this personal honor of kneeling and praying and seeking your face that you might be glorified. I pray these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.